Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 31st of March, 2023. Flyers coming off an overtime loss against the Ottawa Senators last night. Finally back on the road after a 5-1-1 seven-game homestand. And they come away with a 5-4 loss. Battle back in the third period, scored three third-period goals. After going down early in the third, when Claude Giroux scored his 29th goal of the season, they went down three. 4-1 was the score, but then they battle back, get three goals, get a couple of power play goals in the game, force it to overtime, uh, but a costly mistake by Felix Sandstrom in the overtime. Uh, just backhanding a puck right to Alex Dabrinkit, who spins around and basically throws it into the open net. And it's a shame because Felix Sandstrom played really well. And the only reason the team is even in overtime is the goaltending that he provided. You may go, well, he gave up four goals in regulation. How good was he? Well, the Flyers got outshot in the game 46-11. to They had five shots through the first two periods. By the way, 11 shots on goal for the Flyers in a game is the lowest in franchise history. The prior record was 13 shots on goal uh, that they only managed in a game earlier in, I think, 1968. But 46 to 11, so a minus 35 shot differential in the game. And yet they still force overtime. Cam York scored in the third period to make it 4-2. Just an absolute beautiful shot. High glove over Cam Talbot. That put the Flyers back in the mix. Then Noah Cates on the power play picked up his 12th of the season to make it 4-3. That was off a Rasmus Ristolainen shot, and Tony D'Angelo also picked up an assist. And then Owen Tippett on a real nice play down low by Morgan Frost. Eventually, it works its way to Tippett off a pass from Travis Sanheim, and that ties the game at 4. And then a minute 36 into overtime, like I said, it was a bit of a weird play because the puck was dumped up the ice. First of all, you very rarely see pucks dumped up the ice into a pressure situation and Giroux's kind of tangled there with a the Flyers defenseman at the Flyer blue line and he tips the puck into the zone and he goes in chasing after it Travis Sanheim I believe was the defenseman and so it's not a typical rush attempt in overtime and because on a rush attempt the goaltender will be scanning the ice looking for all the possible different threats and obviously, you don't have to scan a ton because it's three on three. There's not, you know, five players coming up the ice as a unit. So as he goes in behind the net, Sandstrom, and sees Drew attacking him, he figures the whole other side of the ice is open. I'll backhand it into that corner where one of my wingers or my D can skate into it. We'll get possession and we'll go up the ice. Problem was, he didn't see that to brink it went down below the goal line, which, by the way, is a really risky play for Dabrinkit because if the Flyers break out, now they've got two players caught deep. So I think initially it's a mistake by Dabrinkit to go where he did, which is maybe why Sandstrom didn't think he'd be there, to have two players below the goal line without possession of the puck and then three on three. But Sandstrom backhands it right there. Dabrinkit grabs it. Just walks around, stuffs it by a, a lunging Felix Sandstrom and a lunging Travis Sanheim, and that's it. It's game over. But again, I, I mean, nine times out of ten, I would tell a player, the players, do not go down below the goal line without possession in the three-on-three. Three. But that's what happened. That's the way it played out. It was a game of rarities. That's the only word I can think of. As the game got tied, Drew had a breakaway and didn't even get a shot on goal. How often do you see that? 
John Tortorella was upstairs for the game. He was not on the bench. Brad Shaw was the bench coach. Torts was up in the press box watching the game with Danny Briere. You, know, you can get that look from up there in the press box. And I imagine it was very unnerving for players because they've been up there. They've watched a game from the press box. And the game, lo- the game first of all, looks a lot easier from up there. You see everything develop. You see back checks. You see missed coverages. You see great plays. You see bad plays. You can really take in a lot from up there and see it from a whole different perspective. And it's a great way to judge players. And it's also a great way for the head coach to sit with the interim general manager and discuss players as they're playing. So, But that's rare. We've never seen that. And Brad Shaw, who you hear from in a couple of minutes, was asked about that post game. You know, you've been with Torts a long time. Do you have you ever done this before? And he said, I've done it in preseason, but I've never done it in the regular season where Torts was upstairs and he was downstairs. Frankly, during the, the radio broadcast of the game, Brian Smith and I weren't sure if it was legal, if you could do that. I guess you can, but um, it, it's a very interesting situation. And uh, for that to happen and Obviously, this is a, a different situation where the team's not pushing to a playoff spot right now, and it is more about learning about the players and and being able to have those discussions to see who fits, who doesn't fit, and all of those elements. But still, unnerving for the players, I'm sure. They didn't have the greatest game. Obviously, they only generated 11 shots on goal, uh, but that's where Torts was. He was upstairs. That's a rarity. And then obviously a minus 35 shot differential in a game that goes to overtime, that's incredible. It got me to look back at some of the games in the NHL where a team won and and what was the lowest amount of shots they had and still won a game. So there was actually a game in 1958 that the Rangers played in where they didn't get a shot on goal. They lost to Detroit 3 to nothing. Detroit had 31 shots. The Rangers had zero Rangers lost three to nothing. The Flyers were actually involved in a game in 1978 where the Washington Capitals only had seven shots on goal. Flyers had 30. They beat them four to one. But the, for the Flyers, well, for a team that won a game with the least amount of shots, they actually happened in 1999. The Toronto Maple Leafs only had nine shots on goal. They scored four times. They won the game four to nothing. They got outshot 28 to 9 and won 4 to nothing. That was over the St. Louis Blues. Uh, in 1998, the San Jose Sharks beat the Dallas Stars also with nine shots on goal. They won 4 nothing as well, and they gave up 21 shots in that game. So it's obviously very rare. Flyers got it to overtime, didn't win the game, but did get it to overtime uh, with 11 total shots including the overtime. And again, only five shots through the first two periods. Two in the first, three in the second, and six in the third. And it's a franchise low uh, for shots on goal. And Carter Hart did not make the trip. He's still dealing with that lower body injury. So another rarity this season is back-to-back starts for Felix Sandstrom. He played really well in his last three games prior to this, starting to catch a little bit of a rhythm to his game, um, and played really well in this game. But the exception is obviously what took place in overtime. And I feel bad for him because he did play really well. He'll take that one on the chin, no question about it, because it's an unforced error. Uh, But the Flyers fall against the Ottawa Senators in overtime. Drew picks up his 29th goal of the season. He only 
has scored 30 or more goals one time in his career. That was 17-18 when he had the 102 points and 34 goals. He's knocking on 30 uh, again this year in Ottawa. Still playing really good hockey. He's not leading the team in points. He's third on the team in points behind Stutzla, who leads them at well over a point per game, and Brady Kachuk, who's just over a point per game player, but Drew having a very good year for the Ottawa Senators. I mean, the guy who's traded for Owen Tippett, also having a very good year for the Philadelphia Flyers. Tip's been great. Picks up another goal. Picked up his 23rd goal of the season. And uh, that's good news for the Flyers moving forward as well. But let's get to the man who was on the bench. It's associate head coach Brad Shaw. It's funny because in yesterday's episode, I talked to Torts quite a bit about the trust he has in Brad Shaw and about that working relationship with Brad Shaw. If you missed the Torts interview, you can go back and listen to that on yesterday's episode. But here's uh, Flyers associate head coach Brad Shaw meeting with the media after the 5-4 loss in Ottawa. Possible uh, scenario, so it's uh, it's been in the works for a couple days. I know you guys did it in preseason. Is that something you've done in the past so for a regular season game? No, I've never uh, been involved in, in a scenario like that before. And then, I guess, we'll just transition to the game itself. Um, what were they doing to keep you guys, after some, this point streak that you've had, to keep you guys from getting to your offense? Well, I think it was us. Uh, I thought we fed their transition. I didn't think we were very good with the puck from the red line to the top of their circle, and, and they have a ton of speed, and they're very good in that area of the ice. Uh, they generate a lot of their offense that way, and I think we sort of fed it, and uh, we just never really seemed to get uh, on track. I know before the game, Toro was talking about how this team is desperate and fighting for a playoff spot. Um, despite knowing that, do you feel like you guys were ready for the reality of it? Well, I liked our first uh, couple shifts. We took a penalty, and then after that power play, they really seemed to get a lot of momentum. We didn't really get to our best game probably for the rest of that period and and not for many moments through the game. So credit to them. I I thought that, you know, maybe after uh, getting on the road after such a long homestand, uh, it is a different game. It's a little tougher. Uh, Maybe we weren't quite uh, as ready for that uh, tight checking as we should have been. So you switch up some things on the penalty. Do you feel like that helped cancel out the fact that you guys were on the penalty kill so much, or did that affect it? Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, I think it gives us a chance to be a little more disruptive and uh, make teams sort of deal with us a little bit more instead of sort of getting, uh, having to absorb uh, so much offense. So uh, that's kind of the reasoning behind it. I think guys have really embraced it. Beezer's been great at it. Casey, obviously, is really good defensively, no matter what you ask of him. So. Uh, they've sort of led the way for us, and it's uh, you know it's given us a chance to stay in games. You know, Sandy was great in net, not just on the penalty kill, but five on five, and you know it was disappointing to see that the way the game ends after him playing so well for us uh, for the first 60 minutes. Kate said that um, heading into that third period, it was really cool hearing the way guys sat down and talked about solutions. What did you like from the way they handled going into the third period, and then what they were able to fix? Well, I thought we showed a little bit more poise. I, I'm I'm glad it, uh, it was a pretty upbeat bench, even though the score and you look up at the shot clock and it's kind of demoralizing. But we stayed with it. It's you know, Tord says it a lot. It's a find a way to win league, and it's not always a Rembrandt. You know, sometimes they're ugly, and your goalie stands on his head like he did tonight for us, and we just came up a little short. Bristol hits the post there in overtime, or we're we're talking about a different result in a game that. You know, we, we didn't certainly play our best for 60 minutes, but we, we stuck with it and, and had a chance to win it in the end.
All right, there he is, Bradshaw, addressing the media after the Flyers go down in overtime in Ottawa against the Senators. That will be the last time this season that the Flyers will have to clear customs. They will not have to go north of the border again. Next game is coming up Saturday against the Buffalo Sabres. That's at home. Then they're going to go on the road for four. They'll head to Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Dallas, and the New York Islanders. No back-to-backs in there. They play on the well, the back-to-back is Saturday and Sunday this weekend, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And then it's the second in Pittsburgh, the fourth in St. Louis, the sixth in Dallas, and the eighth against the Rangers, or the Islanders, rather. And then it is a back-to-back when they return home because on the ninth, Sunday, they'll take on the Boston Bruins at 6 o'clock, and then they'll have the Columbus Blue Jackets on the 11th, and they'll wrap up the season two weeks from yesterday uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday, April 13th, 8.30 in Chicago. So Saturday, be back at home at Wells Fargo, where they just played seven games prior to last night, had a 5-1-1 record. We'll see if they can continue that. Point streak is still alive for the Flyers. They get a point out of the game last night, uh, but we'll see where it goes coming up on Saturday against Buffalo, who they've done pretty well against uh, this season thus far. So everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy your Friday. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Sabres on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.